On Before the Bestseller, we talk with our favorite authors about the books they wrote and the stories behind how those books made it big. I'm your host, Alex Straffy, and it's an absolute pleasure to have you here today. Today's episode is with a colleague that actually ended up becoming a good friend of mine, and his name is Chris Jordan, and he's one of those people that you probably haven't heard of because he's actually, he sits behind the scenes of a lot of the big names that you do here, the Lewis Howes, the Damon John of Shark Tank, the Gary V, the Dr. Benjamin Hardy. Chris Jordan has been on all of those teams in the background uh, in roles such as video editor to podcast producer, and actually in his most recent roles, launching, helping those those big names and personalities to actually launch their books. And so when I met Chris, I knew immediately that I wanted to have him on because of the fact that he has such such an extensive background in the... Uh, types of personalities that he's worked with, along with knowing different platforms that work for different people and just how to get started and longevity and so much, so much more. So really excited to have Chris on and he's agreed to come back on next time to talk all about podcasting. Uh, Because although Chris has had, uh, has a lot of knowledge about book marketing, he also really understands the, the game, if you want to call it, of podcasting and getting on podcasts that actually help move books uh, having your own podcast, all that stuff. So really excited to have Chris come back on next time as well to talk about podcasting. Welcome, Chris Jordan. Chris Jordan, uh, this is super cool because this is an episode where I get to interview someone who's behind the scenes of a lot of the big names that we we know. Uh, one of those being obviously Lewis, Lewis Howes, another one being Dr. Benjamin Hardy. Um, and, and I know some of the other people you've worked with, you know, Team Gary Vee, uh, Damon John, you know, you've kind of been in, in the background scenes making these people's uh, productions work. So thank you for, for being willing to, to spill the beans on, on as much as you can uh, and, and talk about your experience helping these authors build their platforms. Yeah, thank you so much, Alex. I really appreciate the opportunity to be on the show. Big fan of it, big fan of like all that you do and big fan of working with you. You're like one of the easiest people I've ever worked with and just like always a great time. So grateful to be here and hope to be of value to everybody. We'd love to hear that. Uh, yeah, and for those of you that are listening, uh, full disclaimer, Chris and I uh, worked on a, a recent project with um, uh, Dr. Benjamin Hardy uh, and his team. So um, that was uh, that was really fun to, to work with you together. So Give us a quick background for those for those that are listening and, you know, because they're going to hear this and they'll be like five years down the road, they're going to know your name, you know, because of all the other places they're going to see you. Uh, tell us a little bit about your experience so far in sort of this, you know, content production, author production space. Yeah, I've spent a lot of time. I didn't plan on it, but I found myself suddenly working with a lot of the top personal brands really in the thought leadership uh, space over the last couple of years. I began my journey loving Gary Vee, and I just loved all of his content, you know, and I was like going through high school. It's like, uh, hustle, hustle, hustle. And so like I ended up finding a way to like work with his company and that, you know, really set me on a path where by editing that content, you know, there's kind of like, I mean, now everybody has video content where they're doing titles and giving business lessons, but like, you know, to 2016-ish when that started to really rise when I just fell in love with that type of content, just really inspired me. And so I started 
mimicking those edits and creating them myself. And that led for the opportunity of, yeah, working with uh, Gary Vaynerchuk's Vayner Sports Company, uh, working then I led to an opportunity to work with Damon John, uh, where actually my uh, my experience with the book world began. I actually edited the book trailer for Damon John's book, Power Ship, that came out a, a few years ago. And then from there, I was like, oh, I really love like, I mean, I love reading books. And I was like, I kind of love the marketing around books. So I hope I get to do it again. And then, you know, jobs just lead through referrals to other people. And luckily found myself working on the School of Greatness podcast as an editor uh, for a few years. And then right around the pandemic, moved into producing that show, which was a full circle moment for me. I listened to that show uh, when I was going through high school. And so to work on it and be behind it now was really full circle for me and uh, loved doing that. Was able to then work behind, you know, a book launch of a bestseller, The Greatest Mindset, which is a book that Lewis Howes released earlier in 2023. And then also this year, I was then able to work with an author, uh, Dr. Benjamin Hardy, uh, with his latest book launch, 10x is easier than 2x, which Alex here helped us with uh, when it comes to the Amazon strategy. But worked behind these guys you know, working on their content strategy, you know, really understanding like what makes people stay and consume content, what makes content interesting, what makes it have the potential to go viral and ultimately make an impact. And just found myself like I grew up loving this type of content and just was, you know, in the right place at the right time and set myself up for success to be able to work in this space with these people that I admired. And it's been a really fast, like kind of four years in it, but it's been really an incredible journey. I know it was a really quick summary. I didn't want to like, you know, I want a really 30,000 foot view. Uh, so happy to dive into any of that. But yeah, it's been it's been an awesome couple of years. Yeah. And the amount of ideas that you get to help spread and learn how to spread uh, is what our listeners are super excited uh, to hear from you about. So I appreciate uh, all the experience that you're bringing on. Um, pick us off with, you know, what you've learned. Obviously, authors are told to do a million things when a book's coming out. They're supposed to podcast. They're supposed to blog. They're supposed to, you know, um, make connections. They're, you know, supposed to build a platform. What have you seen work the best for the authors that you've worked with, uh, you know, to to build their platforms? Like, give us a quick, you know, I'm sure you, you've received like almost like your master's and, you know, in, in, in book marketing. So give us the the short form of of how an author who is releasing their book should be thinking about their platform and should be thinking about the release of their book. Yeah. So one big point here that I've really learned over the last few months is the important of importance of questioning your assumptions on what you need to do in terms of marketing your book. Because you know all the authors listening there's so many different things you could do. There's a million different things that you could do, but I feel like every author has an individual skill set, you know, unique approach to maybe it's writing their newsletter, maybe it is being on camera and talking about the book. There might be a few levers that just make more sense to focus on and go deep, and I'm a really big believer. I learned this really through uh, Dr. Hardy's book, 10X is Easier Than 2X, where like that that core model of that book is like, you can do a million things to go 2X, but if you want to have 10X results, there's probably only a few things. And it 
differs you know, depending on your audience size for sure. Uh, so I would just encourage people, like you can spread yourself thin very, very fast. I think one area that's the easiest is to hire support, you know, to hire specialists in different areas so that you don't have to do a million things at once, but you can have, you know, someone run your Amazon ads for you. You can, you know, have someone edit your video content if you feel like that's an area that you want to focus on. So you know, generally that's going to differ per person, but I would like really challenge you to question those assumptions. The other thing that I learned was like, most people will do a book launch and they'll do, you know, where they'll go on a bunch of podcasts. Maybe they'll make some videos. They'll try to maybe land some TV appearances, you know, kind of everything all at once. And then they stop. And what I have learned is the importance of continually marketing your book and looking for what I call marketable moments for the book. So for example, most people will do maybe 30 podcasts that come out the opening launch week of a book, right? Like we see that all the time. Truthfully, if I see the same person on 30 episodes of 30 different shows, I'm not going to be able to watch all those. But what I will do is if I see you know, if I see Alex on one show, you know, during the book launch, you know, maybe 10 shows, right? But then a month later, I see that you're on another five shows. A month after that, on another five shows. Like, it will give me the chance to check out more of those interviews of you and also, like, not overwhelm, like, the audiences. And the most important key here is that it keeps the conversation of your book going because the whole point of you putting out a book is to make a lasting impact. And the way that you achieve that is by people talking about it, keeping the conversation going, keeping it top of mind. And there's a lot of people who write really good books that publish it, do a big launch, and then you never hear them talk about it, you know, maybe more than like twice a year, you know, and, and that depends on your goals. But I'm assuming most people listening to this, like you want a book that goes on and sells millions of copies and just impacts a bunch of people. But most people just launch, they have fun with it, they go hard, and then they stop. And I see that as like a really big mistake. So first thing I heard there is, is just focusing on, you know, when it comes to the every author has a million things they can do when they market the book, you're saying focus on, you know, what is your unique skill sets? Uh, you know, like what what is it that comes more naturally to you and focus on those uh, avenues? Is that kind of what you're saying there? Yeah, like as an example, more concrete of an example, say... I mean, you're, you've written a book, so you're probably good at writing words and maybe talking on video just makes you like, just want to bash your head against the wall because you just don't feel like natural at it. It just doesn't feel authentic. I'm sure that's, you know, it's why you wrote a book, right? So like, I think it would be better and more uh, valuable for you to maybe put up a couple more posts, you know, what maybe on medium, if you have an audience there, or, you know, send a couple extra newsletters and put that energy into you know, your, your newsletters that ultimately that's going to convert book sales a lot versus like, oh, I need to be on YouTube and, and be on video. And let me try to do that. I would say like the more you can do the better, but I do know like authors who have gotten stuck thinking they need to like be filming a bunch and then it's hard for them to film. And it doesn't really like end up performing well, because you can tell it's hard for them to film. And then they don't have the energy to like write those extra newsletters or write those extra blog posts that they are more uniquely skilled to do. And, 
you know, and then they ultimately end up like not, they do like 10% of what they could have done. Does that make sense? Yeah. They like, it's overwhelmed. So you just, and you don't see enough progress quick enough. And so then you just give up on, on all of it. And so, you know, as, as, if you had just picked one thing that was more natural to you and stuck with it, you know, like you said, someone hearing you on a podcast, you know, hearing that you're on different podcasts over the course of seven months, um, you know, that doesn't happen if you just, if you, you know, give up at some point. So second thing I heard from you was, um, you know, was exactly that. So the other side of this is, is just consistency. Uh, what do you think makes the difference between someone who is able to stay consistent? And I mean, because this is one of the big questions I have is, I mean, if you just stick with anything long enough, you know, a long enough time horizon, you know, things have a much greater chance of panning out. But a lot of people and, you know, I was even guilty of this when I first started, um, you know, it's like, you get all excited about a new endeavor and then you, you know, like launching a podcast, you launch, you know, 10 episodes, you get maybe four or five listeners on each of those episodes. And you're like, what am I doing? Just wasting my time. This is so much effort. So, I mean, how do you get people to really stick with things over a long enough time horizon for them to actually work? Yeah. The most important thing is being very clear on what you want to commit to. Most people, most authors will overcommit themselves to wanting to do a million podcasts, you know, write a million blog posts, you know, all of these do everything big and it's not sustainable unless you're crazy, you know, and we want people to have a, a stable, stable life here, you know? So it's really important. I say like, it's really easy to be like, yeah, I'm excited about a podcast. I'm going to record 10 episodes. Like you said, then you put it out. It gets not as many listens as like you were like, why don't I get a million downloads overnight? And then you stop. And what I would encourage people to think about is say, can you create one episode, even a month on your podcast? If that is what you could commit to and follow through on, that is far more valuable than feeling like you need to do three episodes every single week for the entire year. Because really, it's more about like the consistency of showing up over time. Because a lot of this stuff in the marketing world and content world is allowing things to like compound and grow over time. But if I'm a fan of a show that has 10 episodes and the last one was two years ago, I'm going to be like, well, this is probably outdated and I don't know if I need to listen to it. Versus if I can see, oh, there's only 12 episodes a year, but oh, they published one this month. So they're still going. I'll be more likely to stay with this show and follow it and become a loyal fan to which then if you sell me a book, I'm going to be grateful for all the free content and I'm going to be more than happy to buy your book. Yeah. Um, and excited to, you're kind enough to come back on to talk to us all about podcasting next time because that's kind of your mastery. Um, but two two quick things as we, we uh, sort of land the plane here already. Um, one uh, you know, building a team to support you. Um, you know, what a people, a lot of people don't realize is that, you know, these Gary V's, these Lewis Howes, they have you in their back pocket, right? They, they mm -hmm. have a team member. And so, you know, it's like what I'm supposed to have a full-time job, write my book, and then also put it, produce all this content. And, you know, like I, I recently saw something like, you know, Alex Hermosi's content person, you know, he puts out like 30,000 pieces of content a month, but he is a guy who's paid, you know, he's a team that's paid multiple six figures to put that out. Right. So it's like, mm -hmm. when, you know, one of the questions I always have for authors, and I, I recommend, you know, it was game changing when I figured out, like I use onlinejobs.ph to hire uh, out of the Philippines. And, um, and, you know, even my top paid employee over there, you know, she's making 60 grand a year um, and she's phenomenal. Um, and so I'm not saying, you know, take advantage of, of, you know, external labor. I'm just saying, you know, find where there's people with a lot of talent with these things, but what would you recommend for, you know, someone who, 
like where should you start with even like micro building a team? Yeah, I and I know that like a lot of people are scared to build their teams or let go of like some of that some of that creative control, you know, because like maybe when we're talking about a lot of this content, it's like it's your face on it, or it's your words and you don't want it to get like skewed with it. What I found though is like by finding people and and there's a lot of, you know, content writers, producers, you know, there's a lot of people out there with these skill sets now more and more coming up every day where if they have the opportunity to like make content for a living and just support you, it's going to be a dream job for them. It was a dream job for me. And what I was able to see happen through like my work with these people was like, they were so caught up in all this stuff that now I got to take on and that freed up their time to be the author, to be the creator, to really be the thought leader that they are. And I was able to take on all of the, you know, helping produce the video content, help come up with, you know, some of the ideas that they could speak on. I wouldn't write it for them, but I would at least like guide them to like, hey, let's speak on this. You know, I would handle, you know, booking them on shows and handling all of that from like a PR front. Um, In terms of like truly where to find these people, uh, uh, you know, it's. It's honestly, it's a little, I like what you said. Like, I think that there's probably a lot of people through that job site that could be good. Um, you know, LinkedIn is where I love to hang out, where I see most of the the truly talented people in this space uh, hanging out. And I think generally, like, if you have a LinkedIn audience, put out a feeler, people are going to start recommending people to you. Uh, typically, so like, through yeah, referrals. Came on. Yeah. Well, where? Yeah. I mean, what do you put out? Like, what do you write to, you know, do you give a little description about the job, kind of what you're looking for? Um, You know, like, yeah, I guess being more specific about what do you, if you don't mind, you know, like, what do you say to, to people to build that team? Yeah, I would put out a thing like, hey, I'm looking to build my content team essentially is what we're talking about here, you know? And so like, I need someone who can support me with writing social media posts, who could help me with editing video content, who could support with you know, helping book me on other shows. And I would invite everyone listening. I'd I'd be happy to be of service. Uh, If they want to send me a message on LinkedIn and and get more specific with me, I'm happy. I do have like a Rolodex of connections that support with this. More than happy to be of value. Uh, Because I know like some of this, I can say some of it and it's like still hard. Like, well, where do I truly find them? It's like, you know, I'm happy to help there. But generally like, what yeah you're looking for someone to help you post on social help you create your content helping you you know truly like the things that you've probably talked about a lot on the show with marketing a book that takes up so much of their time that you know they might say they're an author but it's like well how much time do they have to like create and write nowadays right and by getting a team in there that really has you know has your back and has your best interest in mind it will actually open up a lot of doors for you. And all of these big authors in the space, they all have that. And like, even for them, it might be hard to let go of certain things. Like for me, when I've worked with some of these people, it's hard to, you know, for them maybe to let go of like, with the relationship factor, right, of booking them on shows and stuff like that. But I had their best interests in mind. And so I actually just built relationships on behalf of them to get them booked on podcast. And they were like, wow, you actually did save me a bunch of time and energy that I was going to be, you know, down in the weeds on for, for a long time. Uh, and so just truly like 
if you can invest in people helping you, then it just opens up all the other doors and opportunities for you to to go further and make a bigger impact. Uh, and there's literally every big author that you're seeing online that you maybe are aspiring, you know, to be at that level. There is a team behind them, and that's okay. When uh, two final questions for you: When should someone hire? You know, start looking at. And and I'm sure this won't be a simple answer, but when should someone start looking at making that first, you know, part-time virtual assistant, uh, you know, team help and what should they be doing for you? Yeah, I would say as early as possible, like as early as it makes sense. And in general, what I've learned through like working with these people is it's it really comes down to what things do you not know how to do right now that you need the most help with? I would say, actually, what do you not know how to do right now that you want to do and think it would help you like grow your audience, sell more books and, you know, and then like, who could you get to support you in doing that? And so I would say for most of these people, it's probably like a social media manager. That would probably be the first biggest thing. It's just somebody who can take your content and publish it for you every single day and support you on that, on that front. Cause that'll free up so much of your time. That's a good one. I need one of those. Uh, and then second thing is what is a long enough time horizon for, you know, to commit, like if you're going to commit to doing a podcast, how long should you commit to doing it for, uh, before you, you know, you give up, like how, how long do you see people do a podcast for until they actually get results? Yeah. So obviously there's a lot of variables, but I would say if you can commit in your mind to this is a project that I'm going to do for five years. And if I don't see massive, massive results, I still want to do it. Like there's a lot of shows that it took until year five. One, one as a real example, there's a show called Modern Wisdom um, with a really great guy, Chris Williamson. And it's one of the biggest shows of this year. It's blown up millions of subscribers, millions of downloads. Almost like 84% of that audience came in year five. And I was talking to him about this and just the growth of that was insane. But it took those four previous years to have the year five. Most people stop after a couple of months. So it's that commitment to playing the long game that can have the biggest payoff. And there's a lot more I'm looking, we'll dive into it uh, in the the next part of though, how to maximize even when you're not getting, you know, what you might think is what millions of downloads. And that's what it means to have a successful podcast. There's a lot more to it than that. Yeah. This has been super helpful, you know, talking about how does, what should an author, uh, you know, or content producer focus on first uh, in terms of, you know, the platforms they should be using based on their skill set. Um, you know, longevity and the fact that, you know, people want to see your episode multiple times or see you show up multiple times over the course of a year, not just all on, you know, one day, um, you know, questioning your assumptions um, and then, you know, a couple other uh, parts about building your team and then just understanding to how long that that time horizon has been. So thanks for coming on and giving us a quick kind of uh, master's degree uh, in book marketing uh, based on the background that you have and looking forward to chatting with you about podcasting next time. Looking forward to it. Thank you, man. Thank you for listening. I know there's many other things you could have been doing during this time, and I hope you found this episode incredibly useful for you and your journey. And if you did, or if you have any feedback, I would love to hear that in a review 
on Apple, that would be fantastic or anywhere else that you are listening to this show. So thank you. And if you're the type of listener that is also an author or looking to be an author soon, feel free to email me at alex at advancedamazonads.com. That's alex at advancedamazonads.com. And I'll add you to our weekly newsletter where I send out all of the best marketing tips I've ever heard from authors that I've had on this show and many of the authors that we work with. So I look forward to hearing from you if that's something you'd find useful. And either way, I look forward to having you back for our next episode.